0: All right, let's get this show on the road. It is Patrick Hamilton. This is your weekly podcast of uh, fun and frivolity that we call a solid 60 for no good reason other than I should plan on doing it. I did plan on doing it for the next 60 years, so let's see if I can live that long, let alone keep this up. It is still Monday. Um, I'm not really ready for this because I usually write a long article and then pretty much read it out and pepper that with personal observations and uh, what's been going on in my life. Not too much personal stuff yet. Uh, I'll probably slowly open up and get there. Not that anyone wants to hear it, but uh, we'll see how we go. Um, This week, unfortunately, I didn't get or make enough time to actually write the article. And the thing I've noticed with that is I can write a really long article, which gives me just enough content for the podcast, but is way too long for anyone to bother reading. I did get some advice on a writer's group I joined, There's young Australian writers or Western Sydney writers or writers around Australia. There's a whole bunch of them. The busiest one looks like it is young Australian with 3,800 and something members. Keep an eye on it. They mostly look like uh, novelists and things like that. But there is an interesting thread where authors post their latest work, whether it's an article from a magazine or a short story and things like that. So it's pretty cool. It's a good way to get to know other creators and people that I think I've been in a cosplay for a long time but I've never considered myself to have the skills to actually create anything in that world other than comment on fandom and the different kind of outfits that people came up with and be like amazed but I never thought I could do anything like that myself but whereas even though I don't consider myself a very good writer it's still not that hard to put pen to paper so to speak. I like to think with a bit of discipline uh, which is partly why I'm doing this not just to get famous like one person accused me of it's more to develop the skills necessary to yeah perhaps one day have a little bit of ego stroking of like yeah you've done well we liked what you read like that'd be nice that'd be a little bit of validation but there's also a big aspect of that creative outlet and another aspect is just to keep your brain moving and have something to look back on in 30 years or so and go oh, i did that i wasn't just sitting around playing video games Unlike most of Saturday, which instead of preparing my article, was mostly playing Grand Theft Auto 5, which has its cathartic... It's really easy. I've, I've been editing these podcasts a lot more heavily than Banana Split, weirdly, because uh, I don't, <laughs> cause they need more work for a start. With, with three or four people, everyone's talking over them, each other, and it's just constant content. Whereas on my own, I just end up pausing for long periods of time. So I hope people will listen to this at least time and a half to push through and yeah I do drop out the ums and ahs if I can, yeah hopefully it's um, not too unbearable, but yeah this post seems to come up, an admin put it up there on at the end of January and it's just huge which it's good to have it all in one place because everyone knows where to go, but on the other hand, stuff gets lost. Either way, that's the only problem with Facebook. Unlike a forum where you can go and look up a particular thread, will stay, you know, popular, and it's easier to scroll through the pages. Um, with Facebook, it's a little bit annoying to go back and look at earlier comments. Uh, you really have to do a deep dive. So people pretty much only see what's been thrown in on the day. So that's if you really want to get noticed, you've got to kind of. It, forces you to become a bit of a spammer. Oh yeah, and that happened. Speaking of spamming, I was sharing a lot of content to different groups while researching, of course. I come across interesting articles, and I know it's unlikely people will read about them in my actual uh, written work, so what I do is just share the articles themselves in various groups, or I think they'll get traction um, and provoke discussion and that sort of thing. But, uh, nope. Facebook said, you've done that too much, you're banned. Until at least lunchtime tomorrow. And that was at some point on the weekend. So, yeah, that was not not cool, dude. I keep commenting on different things I see in my newsfeed and discovering that no, I cannot do that anymore. I can only like things, not say things. So, it's uh, pulled me back to just throwing stuff on my main wall. And of course, people get annoyed because there's too much. Hey, I can't help it if, uh, you know, that's my healthy or otherwise main outlet to socialize until i can hang out with people which i did on sunday so that was good i got to catch up with the order a group of um reenactors i met them through cosplay but they've kind of all quit that and just gone full hardcore reenactment with uh i don't know what century it would be but you know they're kind of knights templar type things they've got full plate mail they do kind of sca almost rules that's so pretty realistic you know, very heavy uh, stuff, and they pretty much had their own tent and ring at the Blacktown Medieval Festival, and it was the first time I'd been to one. I'll try and talk about it on Banana Split if we can get one up this week. We'll probably do Deadpool and talk about the Medieval Festival and anything else that pops up. I'm sure someone appreciates that to balance it out. So far, I've got like the first hero, who's Campbell Rames. Yeah, they always have really cool names Kid in in Tasmania but we'll get to that next week I'll have to read two articles out because I still want to match them up and have an article a week alongside the podcasts um, it's just next week we'll read eight and nine and this week we'll delve into the articles and that was my point I either sort of a catch-22 if I write an article long enough for the podcast content then no one's going to read it because it's too long but if I if I make it punchy and readable, then I've got like a five-minute podcast. So what I might start doing is kind of alternate, like one week do all the sources and read the most interesting articles that I've found. And then the next week read the two... Wait. <laughs> I really shouldn't think of this on the fly while I'm talking. But basically, yeah, next week I'll have Beyond the Con 8, which is solid 68. Plus I'll hopefully write up 9... Um, and maybe go into a bit of the sources for that. Yeah, that could work. All right, we'll see how we go. But geez, there's a lot of writers adding content, so I did meet one guy who, who throws stuff, not meet, but basically connect and add as a friend, someone who writes for junkie.com or whatever it is. It's one of those Kotaku-type geek websites. I haven't really talked to him yet, but he very much writes the kind of stuff we do, but just a little bit more commercially. And uh, I haven't really talked to him yet properly, but... Patrick Lenton, that's the guy's name. I just looked at her and that's our mutual friend. So I do mean to talk to him, maybe get him on a podcast, because I do believe he's based in Sydney. And uh, talk about the whole thing of writing and yeah, that would be a really good idea. I'm actually gonna click on his name now, send him a message. Well, even though when I shared one of his articles on Beyond Cosplay, someone absolutely tore it to shreds. I gotta admit I didn't read it. On the worst hypocrite ever, because all I do is be a little bit depressed about people not reading my articles, but then when do I read anyone else's? So, yeah, a little bit of hypocrisy there. spurious Jesus Christ. See, someone actually reported a comment in Cosplay in Action. <laughs> I'm taking you through my Facebook adventures, which I'm sure is super exciting. But yeah, it hasn't happened for a while where someone's reported something and I'm like, oh, come on, this is usually it's really minor things which I try and just ignore. But um, this guy, he said, wow, I wish they were that quick with immigrants. And he spelled immigrants wrong. On, a, on an article I shared about a guy dressed up as Deadpool um, being arrested at gunpoint in Sweden. So it's a daily fail, sorry, dailymail.co.uk. I've really got to find it better. Uh, I, I didn't really notice who'd written it until everyone pointed out the fact that it was actually in Switzerland, which is in there in the caption to the premiere of Deadpool in Switzerland. But the headline says in Sweden. So, I mean, Christ, guys, how hard is it? I know I screw up sometimes, but it's in your headline. And I've got a message from Sammy, who's a new friend I've met at Ironfest. Talk, I didn't even talk to her at Ironfest, but I got a photo of her and put it on I Cosplay, obviously. And she started messaging me and i met her at the blacktown medieval festival for about a minute but yeah she's been really nice so that's cool i don't think there's anything it's all it's all been very just small talk but um it's just unusual i don't use i don't often get ladies just messaging me in a completely platonic manner just how how are you going what's up bro but uh that's great that should happen more so his response to me saying dude Well, really, chill with the hate speech. already had three people report this comment. And his his, uh, response is, hate, smiley face, lol, and reported, come on, people got to get real. And yes, really, I don't know whether it's worth responding to this now. He seems to be from one of those really lauded by the outright people countries. Yep, the Czech Republic um, that does have an issue with immigrants from God knows where. Um, And if it's anything like Poland, they just kick them the hell out. They don't fuck around. So you can see why they have that kind of stance. He's obviously in a bubble where that sort of attitude is completely cool and reinforced and validated by everyone around him. So is it my... Do I take it on myself to maybe open him up to a different way of thinking about that? Is there any point? Will he listen? It doesn't seem like it. I should probably just stop there. But obviously as an admin... I feel like there's some kind of responsibility to a bit of uh, just the other side of the coin. I'm going to try and keep it as diplomatic as possible, not get dragged into a... Never just insult anyone, but just go, look, that's not how you talk these days. Speaking of which, uh, there was something I do want to bring up and be very careful about how I do that in my article. And it's got to do with a local council, actually the Melbourne City Council and a few others in that area. So it's it's not like a small podunk little town. It's like the second largest city in Australia. Kids. There we are, right up the beginning on the the Herald Sun. Susan O'Brien wrote it. It is a News Corp site. I think they're the evil one. Now and then they have some good writers just doing the best they can. So here we go. Victorian councils are auditing libraries, schools and kindergartens and urging a ban on the terms boy and girl in a bid to teach kids as young as three to have gender-equitable relationships. It's all a bit sensationalist and it really worked because my newsfeed has just been non-stop alarmist outrage about this. And I've got to admit, a part of me is a little bit on board with the outrage considering uh, how far they seem to be pushing this. So, educators should avoid classifying children according to gender and having boys or girl-only activities. So I kind of get that it's being inclusive. There was a bit of um, talk about it on the morning shows and I saw some clips and, you know, they did seem to be a bit more measured in their response than the headlines and the commenters on Facebook, of course, because those people just go nuts. But um, ultimately they were reasonably critical of things like avoiding the terms boys and girls, like that's going too far. I mean, they're boys and girls, let's just... You know, not forget that. Uh, Avoid comments that define what females or males do or should do. See, that makes it clear where they're coming from. It's all about inclusion and making sure everyone knows that they can do whatever they want. And that's fine. I think it's coming from a good place. And they mean well, but clearly it's been communicated badly. Just like the thing a couple of weeks ago with the woman saying to ask your baby for permission and consent before you change its nappy. Which wasn't exactly what she meant that's how everyone took it yeah again really really poor communication on her part and in her response to the outrage she just doubled down and went oh no one understands me and it's all your fault she tried to kind of explain it but she didn't admit at any point that maybe i should have phrased it better Um, and sure people are going to take stuff out of context and twist her words but they were really easy to twist it's like the whole thing with trump at the moment calling immigrants animals yeah he was talking back a gang um from mexico but it was just oh don't get me started i've got guys on my newsfeed defending him and i'm like he's literally said that all mexicans are rapists rapists and murderers so when he says something that's like animals isn't even that bad then you have to go and jump up and down and go oh no but he meant this yeah sure okay maybe in that case but he's still a complete dick why are you jumping up i i get it truth is more important than assassinating the guy you've got to keep perspective but christ i just don't know how anyone can still defend him all right so continuing on the australian national University research published in march so it's been out for a while but i don't don't know what picked it up today i guess it was just why it's just been thrown out in all the papers today obviously the council's made some kind of released a memo or something but yeah the guidelines include favorites such as thomas the tank engine Noddy and Winning the Pooh being banned for not meeting gender tests. So I'm assuming that means that uh, they find instances where, you know, roles seem to be assigned to women or, sorry, boys or girls, depending on their, based on their gender. Which, uh, yeah, in theory, again, not something that they should, I understand why there needs to be a discussion about that, but Christ, to ban some of the best books of most kids childhood unless you are some kind of weird freak who doesn't like trains um, or that cute little nutty guy you know what kid's not going to have fun with his adventures hey even the the pair the poo bear who um see why isn't there a kid's book about a whimsical pair I can see that being a hit but yeah the, the bear who doesn't wear pants and just eats honey I mean what's just come on Banning books, that's when I stand up and go, wait, okay, maybe they have gone to this too far this time. Uh, there's yet to be any talk of actual banning, like it's all what could happen. So I like to think it's a little bit of sensationalism and no school's really going to do that. But um see people are up in arms about even the possibility of it, which is fair enough, because it's ridiculous. Uh, they're also saying dress-ups, of uh, Disney princesses and superhero play could also become a thing of the past. And they just want all the kids to play with Lego uh, because it's you know gender neutral and you might get more women then going into STEM subjects. And if you listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson, apparently they tried that um, in Sweden or somewhere like that and, and still women just didn't go into those fields. In general, a difference between the sexes is not every single time. Obviously, there's exceptions to the rule, but girls... To, not to a rule, but in a big way, are going to just go to more social. so I'm going to sound like a complete bigot here, but basically, or a misogynist rather, yeah, they'll, they'll go into humanities and arts and things like that in general. Um, and I agree, more women should be in the science fields, but you can't force a, an outcome. You've got to just allow the possibility for it, but yeah, there's only so much you can do. And it seems like they're just, The city of Darabin got a $26,000 state grant to look at how promoting positive and respectful roles and relationships at preschool could prevent violence against women. Yeah, okay. that Seems reasonable. I don't know why they're upset about that. Educational resources suggest educators apply gender lens to programs and materials by reviewing books to ensure a range of different stories and experiences beyond gender stereotypical narratives. Yeah, I get that. If you want to have books like where those narratives are in place as well as other books, but not completely pull them off the shelves. Um, teachers are told not to select toys in gendered colours, so no pink or blue toys. Come on. It's just going way too far in one direction here. You need to dial it back, guys. Um, so again, speaking of political correctness, there's a when you talk about just kicking out immigrants and using the police to do that, that's one extreme, uh, which is not good, obviously. And this is the other extreme where you're going to the point of, like, banning books. Um, so let's hope that's just a bunch of nonsense. And, uh, yeah, I can't see a principal or I'd like to think they would pull back on that. Uh, and then I've got, yeah, the story about the 12-year-old boy. He launched a teddy bear charity from his bedroom. He wanted to just buy bears for kids having a hard time. His mum said, nope, we can't afford that. So he got a sewing machine and started making them themselves. Campbell Remus or Remus, they're gonna have to learn how to pronounce that at some point. Maybe I'll listen, to, um, there's a bunch of videos. He got on all kinds of uh, local TV shows like Sunrise and so on, because I mean, it's adorable. His mother, Miss Whittaker said she told Campbell that with nine children of their own, Christ, Buying presents for sick kids would cost too much. He said, no worries, I'll make them myself. And she said, go for gold, knock yourself out. All right, so he made six or so toys and then came with a pattern for a teddy bear. He bought me. The pattern said, mum, I can't work this out. Can you have a look for me? I'm like, nah, it's beyond me. She sent Camel to bed, thinking that would be the end of it. A few hours later, he came back with his first bear. Oh, so he worked it out all by himself. My kid's a genius. I would now, at like nearly forty, not know what the hell to do. A few hours later, yep, yep. He came down with this funky looking teddy bear that he made. It was incredible. He's just so on and so on since then. He's pushed himself for the past two years to create a teddy bear a day. Couldn't he just go to that bear factory? They they make them in about five minutes. I well, know that's not the point, but he's got his own little sweatshop. And people donate um storage space and material and everything. He's got a whole charity set up. There's a few photos of his room which just looks like a corner in spotlight like it's insane let's go back through what I've got I've got some stuff about Alice Mack. Mac there's two articles one's a possible documentary about the ex-star of Smallville she was the plucky young and ironically the, seemed to be like the smartest character in the show she was kind of the Velma of the Scooby gang and would solve all the puzzles and yeah she was just super cute and blonde and peppy and would get it all done and work out what was going on for some reason she never quite worked out that Clark had superpowers so you know there's always a blind spot in those shows that they just have to roll through but yeah in real life she's not too clever She managed to find herself pulled into some cult and I can't even pronounce it it's just N-X-I-M it's big on Latin and they're not really telling us how to pronounce it so I'll just say Nixon recruited and then ended up recruiting people herself basically to worship this guy it's a great picture of her though being flanked by these lawyers and, and i see her and i'm like that's the chick from smallville it's so weird to see i mean you saw tom cruise jumping up and down on a couch but when I mean, this girl is literally as it says in this paragraph here women were allegedly forced to have sex with ranier branded with the leader's initials and made to eat low calorie diets to satisfy his preference for thin women. She had the ability to bring women to Ranier's bed. She procured some startling beauties. A former flatmate spoke to the publication about whether they believed Mac, they've spelt it wrong there, was a victim herself saying, I don't think she was thinking she was trafficking girls. Doesn't mean she doesn't deserve punishment, but I think she had drunk enough Kool-Aid to really believe that these girls were going to save the world with Ranier's super sperm. It's going to be hard to find a better quote than that. But yeah, they really spelled her name completely wrong, so it's good to know I'm not the only one that does that. Like, this is a proper news website. Following the high-profile arrests of Mac and Ranier, the group are in disarray. Nixvim. See, again, they've spelt it differently there. Now it's got a V. It's a lot easier to say, though. Previously released a statement saying, in response to allegations against our founder, we are currently working with authorities to demonstrate his innocence and true character. We strongly believe the justice system will prevail in bringing the truth to light. It's saddened by reports, adding, It is during the times of greatest adversity that integrity, humanity, and compassion are hardest and needed most. See, all that's true. I think there. it's a little bit too late to claim the high ground on this one. So that should be interesting. And then I've got another article. I was recruited by Alison Max sex cult a really cool shot of Alison Mack in like Sepia. And it's written by Rachel Goldberg. I'll try most anything once, but I'm a little skeptical. Hey, I'm willing to listen to someone who's benefited from something. Which is how I ended up being recruited by nix of them. See, now it's the other way around. The organization that's recently been accused of sex trafficking and forced branding. So that's one of the charges. That's against the law. I was recruited by a friend. At first, I thought all the people... All the people he introduced me to were fairly interesting and certainly smart. It wasn't until I read those headlines that I thought, holy shit, perhaps that party was sketchy. For me, it began with a professional development workshop. A former job of mine paid for, aimed at optimizing our potential. God, they even got corporations to pay for this. It sounds so wanky, but I suppose that's the sort of thing they do. This group had no affiliation with Nick's of them. But it opened a gateway into a community of self-improvement aficionados. I went for a pretty standard reason. The free wine and cured meats. That's a good reason. I hope they had soda too. But the workshop itself delved deep into our ego, sense of empathy and mental and behavioural patterns. I bet they talked about mindfulness. I even tried a turmeric oat muffin. This was the stuff of real growth. This girl can write. I really want to get through that, but my eyes are getting heavy, so I'll have to skip to the end. Look, if it was free, I'd definitely go, I admitted, but I just don't have that kind of money right now. Ah, so they're asking for money. I'd been there for 45 minutes and still had zero clue as to what the fuck ESP actually was. When that dropped the price point, something like 3 grand for a 5 day intensive program, or 7.5 grand for 16 days, the goodie nearly came back up. I'm sorry. If I missed this, but can you explain more about what the technology is? We can't go into specifics because our technology is proprietary. Instead, we want to focus on what you'll gain. Sure, but proprietary shop shmriety when we're talking about 3K. Also, the term technology seemed to skew more towards sporkle personality quiz and less towards code or software. Um, she argued with him and I went back and forth. You know, he said... My sister was really struggling. She has two kids, single mum, woman of colour, trying to make it out of debt. But she sold her car to take ESP because she valued her own potential. And now she's getting promotions and hasn't looked back. Yeesh. It was at this point that some real alarm bells broke through the wine and cheese fog. Good for her. What kind of program would advise someone really struggling with debt to spend thousands on a professional development workshop? I'm not sure if anyone at the party signed up. I told the reps I'd think about it hung around to continue my gluttony oh, i love her even more only until michael the book club friend and the reps remained it was then that everyone kind of dropped their hard cells and began getting to know each other oh that's good one rep suddenly slammed down her glass and said remember when you asked what esp does this it makes you talk about all the aspects of your life the way you're talking about Brittany right now they all screamed yes i laughed and felt my cheeks glow pink We poured another round. Oh, no, they got a hook then. But she read a story about it quickly enough. Managed to stay away from that mindfuck. X-Files. Fox has no plans for a season 12 following Gillian Anderson exit. They're shutting down the X-Files. In a conference call with reporters, Co-Chairman Gary revealed that there are no plans to do another season at the moment. His remarks come two months after the conclusion of the show's 11th season which leading lady Gillian previously announced would be her last. Chris Carter told TV Line, I can't imagine there wouldn't be more X-Files in some shape or form. I think there are lots more stories to tell and ways to tell them. I'm leaving this as a giant cliffhanger, and Gillian has announced she's not coming back. Great. That's always fucking great. Hardcore X-Files fans know there have been no real endings on the show. Yeah, but screw you, man. Like, the number of times I've watched that show, and it would end on a cliffhanger, and it would pick up again and completely aliens three it, just kill everyone and move on and kind of lazily explain what had happened. It just I loved it, but it did have so many issues that it's hard to trust it again. But apparently the new seasons aren't bad, so I do plan on watching them at some point. I did see one of them, and I liked it. It was quite tight, and um, I think it was one of the first ones from the new... Season. They've done two since then, and yeah, they've got great, great praise for getting it all back together, like they'd never left. But just being a bit more tight, because I remember watching the old ones a few years ago, just to bone up on what had happened. I'd forgotten everything, and uh, it made even less sense the second time round, and was the slowest thing I'd ever watched. I was like, how did I get through this? I had to have it on like time and a half speed, because yeah, it was the 90s, and even though you didn't notice at the time. After years of developments and the bar being raised and other shows, it's just, things have moved along. You've got to be quick, snap, like I am right now. Moving on to the next story, Batman's butler Alfred finally getting the live-action origin story he deserves. Gotham may be on its way out. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that last week, but basically, no more Gotham. Uh, one of its producers is not done. The Epics Network, never heard of him, but they've given a 10-episode director series order to a new show called Pennyworth. And it will explore Alfred's origins as a former British SAS soldier who forms a secret company and goes to work with Thomas Wayne, Bruce's billionaire father in 1960s London. Well, that does sound pretty freaking cool. Sean Pertwee is not involved, that's the guy who played Alfred, nor is this show set in the same universe as Gotham. It's a totally independent story from anything we've seen, the Batman or Gotham City universes. Well, that seems like a bit of a waste. I do guess that that actor would probably be a bit too old. At this moment, you're probably thinking, why does an Alfred series sound so familiar? Well, for one, there were rumblings of it two years ago. It was also a joke in the latest trailer for Teen Titans Go To The Movies. And then, yeah, there's a few YouTube links. I'll have to watch them. I never got through more than, like, two or three seasons of Gotham. It's not bad. Cheesy and on the nose as fuck but it's got really high production values. The pacing's really good. The kid that plays Batman, super charming, young as hell. Uh, suddenly the girl that plays Catwoman's like a lot older than him and they keep switching like the actors around. The girl that plays Poison Ivy apparently gets changed. It's just super obvious and the plot twists are not twists at all. And it's not a world, that, that was a thing, like confusion about the time that it was in. It was like the 50s, but it was also sort of the 90s. They never really pinned that down. I know that was on purpose, but for someone like me, I really like it to be a specific time and place. It helps to relate. And I just, yeah, it wasn't happening with that thing. Moving on to Zombieland 2, will be set 10 years after the first film with original cast set to return, which is Emma Stone, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. That would be an interesting zombie movie. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Abigail Breslin and Jesse Eisenberg Zuckerberg himself I just can't see him as anything else I mean he, he did really go all out as Luther but he's always going to be Zuckerberg to me there's a script they've all read it they love it they've all become superstars we made Zombieland with 20 million so it's trying to fit that financial model into the sequel model that makes sense and being able to pay the actors what they now get paid and deserve to get paid we're not letting it go unfortunately they won't be able to have Bill Murray again. You know, he did get eaten. Well, not so much eaten. And they accidentally shot him. And he was one of the best parts. But, you know, we're still all going to watch it, aren't we? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back for season six. First, the great news, blah, blah, blah. Perpetually on the bubble show. I don't know what that means. I think it means it's almost about to go big and never quite got there. Is Thanos finger snap heard round the world going to wipe out half our team? Or even, you know, a third of them? We asked this question two weeks ago, and yeah, obviously they didn't get an answer. Regardless, it's going to have to do an entire season with a big chump of its cast absent for reasons having nothing to do with the show's creative team, which would be a huge bummer. Well, we'll have to figure out some way to bypass the obliteration of half the team, perhaps by continuing to mess around with time, the way season five has done, to sometimes uneven results. Either way, we're thrilled it's coming back. The show hit its creative peak last year. It would be a shame to lose a show so clearly in the middle of its most inventive and strong run. Pretty impressive for a Marvel show. His first season made Iron Fist look acceptable. <laughs> wow. I've heard uh, middling things about it, but I do want to watch it. And uh, Clark Red owns it, and he's awesome to watch. Looking forward to getting into it. And it's good to hear that it has, got been, it has gotten better. that Infinity War really threw a spanner in the works for a lot of the other shows. I don't know how all the um, Netflix shows are going to keep going. Like, it's so expensive to incorporate that sort of change and uh, complicated, so we'll see. I'm sure they'll come up with some. I just hope it's not a really cheap solution, like pull some lazy thing out of a hat and go, oh, hasn't happened yet. Like Ant and the Wasp, it's set before Infinity War because... You want the world to be just on its own little relatable place where nothing's weird. So anyone can watch it. And obviously, the TV shows are a bit like they want it to be about that character and not get us distracted by things that are happening in other parts of the universe. Obviously, they all do refer to the New York incident, but it's kind of done and dusted and cleaned up. It didn't really change the way the world is other than people knowing heroes are around. Yeah, which makes it almost easier for them to work with those characters. But to have something like half the world disappear, yeah, that that would you can't have anything happening without that being a part of the story. Let's see how they go. I grab this. It's not really pop culture. It's a flying robotic insect. So you might, you might not work on audio. But basically, it's the size of a small dragonfly, and looks almost exactly like one. Like the eyes, the legs, the wings, the tail. Pretty much looks like a real dragonfly. The only giveaway is a microchip for its body, like its little torso, essentially looks like some badly glued together microchips, really small ones, like a micro SD card. They fly using tiny fluttering wings. They're too small to make use of propellers. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, The small size is beneficial for manufacturers. These robots are pretty economical to produce and can easily get into tight places which are otherwise unreachable to big drones. They're tied to the ground because the electronics they require to run control their wings are too heavy to carry these miniature robots. Yes, we say that about what these guys have come up with in university. Would we ever be competent enough to make them to function without requiring a wire? Our novel wireless RoboFly does show they're considerably closer to the real life. It's a weird sort of English. Closer to the real life. Pregatti Pathrotkar. No wonder. When I go back. I, I pulled that from a Google search. I'm going to have to find a BBC article, should get it a bit more correct. See, I can't even grammar. The robofly built from carbon fiber weighs a fraction of a gram, and has super fast electronic muscles to power its wings. So that's more like it. Kevin Ma from Harvard University news team say they've made the world's smallest flying robot. And so this time it's completely different. <laughs> Creator. And just like a real fly, the robot's thin, flexible wind, wings beat 120 times a second. So once they stick a camera on it and sell them it, well, it won't be Toys R Us. but And it won't be Dick Smith's, possibly JB Hi-Fi. But yeah, I will jump now that I've mentioned Toys R Us to that article. And we knew it was coming. It's been coming for a while because they went bankrupt last year in America. or uh, Yeah, so months after the US and UK retail giants collapse, uh, Toys R Us Australia has gone into receivership. Not really heartbreaking for me because it was always way overpriced in my mind, um, but it was good to have these giant box stores and wander around and have some cool stuff to look at and let the kids play with. But yeah, they were just never competitive with Kmart or Target or Big W or pretty much any other toy shop. Um, though I guess they did have some... Exclusive toys that you couldn't really get anywhere else or were hard to find. Like all the sweet Hot Wheels and the bigger play sets. And those um, little electric cars. It was always fun sticking a toddler in them and watching them get frustrated that it's not plugged in. So yeah, they filed for bankruptcy last September. And after frantic attempts to restructure the business, waved the white flag in March this year. 700 locations in America, 33,000 jobs... They're just gone. We're putting a for sale sign on everything. Frankly, all anyone has to do is offer $1 more than the liquidators. Shortly afterwards, UK and Irish operations shut up shop and now we're trading as normal. But yeah, as soon as the sales start, that's it. Jeffrey, the giraffe logo, Babies are Us trademark um, are all being put on sale, along with a series of racy URLs, including Kinky Toys R Us, Sex Toys R Us, and Toy... I guess they bought those way back in the day to prevent anyone else from buying them and actually using them. Um, and now they're just like, screw it. Yeah, Margot Kiddo, we, we didn't really talk about that. I do vaguely remember seeing her in one of the original Superman films. It was very early 80s though, so it's pretty hazy. 78 was when, a year before I was born, the first movie came out. So I must have seen it as a repeat on TV or something. I think the last one had Richard Pryor. That was crazy. I think that was the one where he flew backwards to go back in time. Pretty crazy stuff. Back to Toys R Us for some reason. Yeah, it's just kind of sad. Um, yeah, that was what I was going to mention. The problem was it wasn't that the business wasn't sound. It was that apparently whoever was running it just gutted the thing and ran it into the ground. So it was it was basically mismanagement. The same as what happened with Dick Smith. Uh, a venture capital firm bought it and just stripped it. So that's kind of sad for a short-term gain. Hopefully, you know, there'll be other things to fill the void. And there's, there's always going to be toys around. So we've got a Mario Kart go-kart track happening in Michigan. Looks like it's covered in snow in the photos. So something that really works on audio to talk about. But basically, it just looks like uh, a Hot Wheels track slash Mario Kart. Not a lot of green, like flowing, curving road and uh, it's 2,000 feet in length, whatever that means. Basically, it looks the business, and I hope they build one here, because I'm not gonna be able to go there. The trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody's been slammed because it seems to ignore the fact that Freddie Mercury was bisexual and had AIDS. The original actor left, that was, God, what's his name, he was quite famous. Sasha Baron Cohen, that's it. So he left and he said, not one person is going to see a movie where the lead character dies from AIDS. And then you see how the band carries on uh, and the director left as well so I do like the actor they're going with Remy Malek but moving on to the times it's got that vendor uh, Bud Plant that's such a sweet name and after 48 years of doing Comic-Con he's no longer they say he might come back next year so it's a bit of a known story um, but that might be just because it's a 50th anniversary that's a really long article. Um, I'll have to mine it a little bit just for the summary in my Beyond the Con. They got slowly pushed out to the edges of Comic-Con and now they're just dying. I can't find the bit which talks about the only one that's left. They do mention the guy from Mile High Comics. but I think he quit last year or a while ago. He was the guy that was in um, the documentary they did on Comic-Con. And he's really outspoken about the way it's gone. Why the hell are my sales up 80% at my store this year? print is not dead you just have to market it right he contends the Comic-Con badges went to hardcore comic book fans convention center would still sell out so yeah he thinks they've basically sold out it's gone too far away from its roots Chuck Rosansky that's him Denver's Mile High Comics the largest comic book store in the world it's literally a mile long so that's a bit of a mecca for me Um, and I'm about to die here I don't know whether it's the way I'm sitting I have that, uh, doesn't affect the audio too negatively. But basically, yeah, I'm pretty good now at, uh, 50-something minutes. So God knows how long will be left after I drop out all the times that I went. Um, I might leave that one in. But yeah, for this week, I didn't do anything physical. So I'll have to lift my game. But, yeah, I did do a lot of work and saw the kid and gonna see deadpool again with him on friday so we'll do a review of that eventually it's a freaking awesome movie though if you haven't seen it get what the hell are you doing get out there and watch it looking forward to number three already so basically that will be it for me though um 21st of may 2018 it's nearly midnight this is patrick thank you for listening have a solid week (laughs)